I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. Greetings to you in the name of Jesus Christ. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus. You're listening to the One Life podcast via MadeUpMind.com. This podcast is called Sins Laundry List. Again, Sins Laundry List. There is a text that I'm going to read and boy have I got something in store for you today if you are a lover of God's word this is going to be rich in my own opinion I've done a lot of studies and you know I've I've danced around a lot of things when it comes to God's word and I'm just amazed at the continual feeding and the continual feasting of God's word it it, it does not dull it doesn't tire it doesn't exhaust the bubblegum flavor of god word don't end it don't run out it's kind of like ice cream that doesn't melt it's at the right temperature it's got the right texture every single time i can surely say psalm 34 and 8 taste and see that the lord is good his word is good. So let me get started with our primary text. We're going to be in 2 Samuel. I'm going to read verses or sorry, 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 15. And I'm going to read out of the New King James just so that this goes by a little bit faster. Um, I do primarily like to cruise in the King James, but again, just to kind of let some of this long, these long parts go by just a little bit quicker so we can get to the meat. I feel like I'm a little bit better prepared. I've got several Bibles out and uh, we have nothing but time on our hands. So if you are trying to apply yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to get some type of recording device, whether you have a recorder or your phone or you want to do pad and pen somehow some way take notes and be an astute person studying to show yourself approved unto god not just to have knowledge but to internalize the word in such a way that it makes you get up and go do the word of god so let's get into this podcast, Sin's Laundry List. Again, 2 Samuel 12, verses 1 through 15. And I am reading out of the New King James Version this time. It says, Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. 
And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun for you did it secretly but I will do this thing before all Israel before the sun so David said to Nathan I have sinned against the Lord and Nathan said David Nathan and Nathan said to David the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who was born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David and it became ill. I just read to you Second Samuel 12. 1 through 15, New King James Version, Sin's Laundry List. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. In order to understand what I just read you and the, as far as the context, we've got to go to the previous chapter, 2 Samuel 11, so that you can have the backdrop as to how we're going to get into this podcast Okay, just hold that thought for one moment. So we see God's verdict against King David because of what he has done. We're going to unpack everything. Remember, I like to spread out the ingredients, put all the ingredients on the table, and then we start cooking and it'll all come together in the end. This teaching, this podcast is in light of somebody who's pretty famous. This guy was very, very popular when I was, you know, middle school, high school. Um, remember, I grew up in a home where it was not Christian. And so we were exposed to all kinds of stuff. And you know how young folks have pretty much media is the thing to get into. So, yes, I was exposed to music through my parents, through people at school. And that gentleman that I am speaking of is none other than R. Kelly. 
This guy was an R&B sensation, a big sensation. Recently, June 29, 2022, okay, just a month, a month and some change ago, R. Kelly sentenced to 30 years in sex trafficking case. I'm not going to read the whole article. This is by the Associated Press, again, June 29, 2022. What I'm going to do is simply highlight some of the things in here because, honestly, there are some details in this article that are just flat out gross. It even has graphic warning. Story contains details that some may find disturbing. Now, if I had a church, you know, or something, I would keep it real and raw. But I, I kind of want to be somewhat appropriate, you know, just, just because this podcast is getting around and I don't want, you know, people to say that, you know, you don't need to say X, Y, and Z. And so, anyway... Let's get into the article and get back to the word. R. Kelly sentenced to 30 years in sex trafficking case. Okay, let me just read you the opening statement, then we'll go through the highlights of this article. Disgraced R&B superstar R. Kelly was sentenced Wednesday to 30 years in prison for using his fame to sexually abuse young fans, including some who were just children, in a systematic scheme that went on for decades. All right, so this was a systematic scheme that went on for decades, kind of like Bill Cosby. I watched this documentary about Bill Cosby not too long ago, and he had a systematic scheme that went on for decades. Maybe him and R. Kelly were fist bumping. I have no idea. But that's the gist of how he was sentenced. Again, without regurgitating the entire article, let me just hit the highlights. If you want to read this article for yourself, just Google R. Kelly's sentence to 30 years, the Associated Press, and it should pull up the same exact article. Now, first of all, man, this is this is a lot. R. Kelly, he kept his hands folded and his eyes downcast during the sentencing. I need to read you a verse that's going to illuminate why this brother had such a demeanor. Okay, I'm going to actually read out of the NIV. Again, I want this to kind of flow smooth. So again, the NIV, let's read a verse as to what can uh, account for this brother's countenance when this sentence was read to him. Again, he kept his hands folded. And his eyes downcast. Ecclesiastes 8, 11 through 13, NIV. And it reads, When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, the hearts of the people are filled with schemes to do wrong. Although a wicked man commits a hundred crimes and still lives a long time, I know that it will go better with God-fearing men who are reverent before God. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. Ecclesiastes 8, 11 through 13, NIV. The emphasis on verse 11. Again, when the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, the hearts of the people are filled with schemes to do wrong. Filled. How many ounces, gallons, how many cubits, units 
uh, account for the word filled. It depends on what you are filling. Think about a heart. Yes, that little muscle bound uh, organ inside of your body that's about the size of a fist. Inside the heart, if the heart is filled, how full is filled when it comes to the capacity of a human heart? Oh my goodness. Years ago, I did a podcast on the heart and I looked at Jeremiah 17, 5 through 11. When you begin to dig and chase, oh my goodness, I don't know how God can accurately and articulately paint a description or a depiction or something that would help us to grasp how dark, how sinful and sinister a human being's heart can be and is for the most part. Some other things about the article. He didn't give a statement and showed no reaction. All right. Again, he kept his hands folded, kept his eyes downcast. He didn't give a statement. He showed no reaction. So let's go through the laundry list. Okay. There's a lot of things I could talk about in this article, but I'm just going to get to the laundry list of things that uh, this man was doing. Sin's laundry list. Let's just go through it. One, found guilty last year of racketeering. Two, sex trafficking. Racketeering is extortion for money, being coerced or punished or, you know, you can look up those words. Three, he victimized uh, girls. Four, he had allegations about his abuse, which began circulating in the 1990s five child pornography charges in chicago in 2008 six he makes women feel small seven used his entourage of managers and aides to meet girls and keep them obedient an operation that prosecutors said amounted to a criminal enterprise eight Kelly subjected them to perverse and sadistic whims. Nine, they were ordered to sign non-disclosure forms. Ten, they were subjected to threats and punishments if they broke his rules. Eleven, he, he, uh, he had videotaped, you know, he shot of them. I'm omitting all the, 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 the vulgar stuff. Thirteen. He would use those tapes against them if they exposed what was happening. 14. He gave accusers herpes without disclosing he had an STD. 15. Coerced a teenage boy to do things. 16. He shot a shaming video. I'm not even going to say what the, that's crazy. Why would you even want to? How does this stuff satisfying to you? 17. He promised mentorship, but quickly ended up using the girl as a sex slave. 17 or 18. He had a fraudulent marriage scheme hatched. Or you lose my count here. 19. Impregnated R&B phenom Aaliyah in 1994 when she was just 15. 20. Used a license falsely listing her 
that she was 18. So he lied using a, a license. Uh, 21. Kelly has been jailed without bail since 2019. He still faces child pornography. And finally, the last charge, obstruction of justice charges in Chicago. Look at that long laundry list of sins. And that's not even all of them, but that's a lot of them. Let me read a couple more verses that will apply to this. So I told you that, you know, he had his, his hands folded and his eyes downcast. Another part of the article says he was devastated by the sentence and saddened by what he had heard. Maybe he's 55 years old. As Numbers tells us, Numbers 32:23, New King James says, But if you do not do so, then take note you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers 32:23, New King James Version. He was devastated by the sentence and sad by what he had heard. Again, possibly. Let me read a verse. And before I do, listen to what R. Kelly says. I was devastated by what I heard. His lawyer says he's a human being. He disagrees with the characterizations that have been made about him. Of course you disagree because you don't want to pay the crime, uh, pay at pay for the crime. Let's read Ecclesiastes 7, 7 to, to submit this point of how he felt and whether he was really sorry or not. Ecclesiastes 7, 7 NIV says extortion turns a wise man into a fool and a bribe corrupts the heart. Ecclesiastes 7, 7. NIV. That is probably what describes this brother in this case. And finally, let me read another mark of this article. It says, no price was too high to pay for your happiness, says a U.S. district judge and Donnelly. So that's what she said when she got all the evidence and she began to speak on this thing. To R. Kelly, that's, those were her words. No price was too high to pay for your happiness. It leads me to this last verse, and then we'll get back to the word when it comes to uh, King David. This is Ecclesiastes 6, verse 7, NIV. It reads, all man's efforts are for his mouth, yet his appetite is never satisfied. Wow. Now let's go down to verse 9, same chapter. Ecclesiastes 6, 9 says, Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Again, better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. Especially the previous verse says, All men's efforts are for his mouth, yet his appetite is never satisfied. I got to borrow this statement from Gordon McLean. This is the man who witnessed Jesus to me, followed up with me, and he's the one who led me to Jesus Christ. Gordon McLean said a very long time ago to me, the desires of the flesh never die. That's why even as early as the 1990s, 1990, the year 2000, Year 2010, that's already 30 years. 
Now we add uh, uh, to 2019, and you see right here at the very end of the article, Kelly has been jailed without bail since 2019. And he still faces child pornography and obstruction of justice charges in Chicago, where a trial is scheduled to begin August 15th. Folks, if the man been at this thing for 39 years and, and it's still Motown, guess what? The Bible is true. <laughs> the brother can't be satisfied. He can't. All right. This is Taylor preaching Jesus of Christ. You're listening to One Life with Taylor via MadeUpMind.com. Today's podcast is called Sin's Laundry List. Now, I just read to you 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 15. Let's give you the backdrop on King David and wrap up this podcast. Here's the backdrop. 2 Samuel 11. I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to hit the highlights. So we see God sends Nathan the prophet to tell a story about two guys. One guy took the other guy's lamb. And King David said, that person should die. And Nathan says to him, thus saith the Lord, you are that man. As a result of what you did, now here's all the things that are going to happen to you. God is so righteous. He's so holy. He's so just. And he knows how to repay. The Bible says in Romans 12, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Thus says the Lord. He knows how to repay. You don't want to fool with God. Hebrews 1031. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Second Samuel 11. Let's just hit the highlights of what happened to King David. That was what he got. But what happened to him? What led up to this? Verse one. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. But David remained at Jerusalem. The first thing is in verse 1, 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, King David remained at Jerusalem at the time when kings go out to battle. The Bible does not tell us why he remained, but the fact is that he remained. Verses 2 through 5 summarize. It says, then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Nothing wrong with that so far. You're outside, you look around, you see a bird fly, you see a squirrel cross the road. In this case, he saw a woman bathing. Hey, that's not abnormal. I mean, he takes a bath, he knows that ain't nothing spectacular. But here's what the Bible tells us next. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Uh-oh, this ain't no around the way, girl. This is, this is, uh, 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 this girl is fine. She's gorgeous. Again, the Bible says very beautiful to behold. Verse three. So David sent and inquired about the woman. He was okay up until verse three. Nothing wrong with going on the roof. Nothing wrong with seeing a woman bathing. But when he saw that she was very beautiful, that brother said, Oh, uh, what's up with that girl over there? What's up with that lady? Hey, hey, yo, 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 go get that gal. Because the Bible said he inquired about the woman. He's like, hey, hey, what's up with this woman? 
Then they look around, they look back at King David and someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? They're telling David, look, she's somebody else's wife. David's response said, then David sent messengers and took her and she came to him and he lay with her. David, when he saw her in his mind, he said, I, I, I got to have it. And that's what happened. I got to have it. I got to have her. Go get her right now. Verse five. So, so uh, she sent and told David and said, I am with child. That's what happened after he laid with Bathsheba. Okay. We're skipping all the details. I just want you to see this is the, this is the backdrop. All right. Now, verses six to 11. David first tries to put the pregnancy on Uriah. In order to lie ahead of time, he had to premeditate how to get out of his blunder. Verses 6 to 11, he's talking. He said, hey, hey, you right. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, why don't you go, on, uh, go home to your own house? Because he's thinking you've been at war. You've been away from your wife. Of course, naturally, testosterone. You know, you, you're missing your wife when you go to your house. You're going to lay with your wife. And then, you know, we can just assume she got pregnant by you. That's what David was thinking. So that first attempt, he fails. Verses 12 through 13, David tries for a second time to get Uriah to go into his wife by getting him drunk. He wanted to impair his soldier mindset and relax him some, hoping that his natural masculine tendencies would take over. Remember, the Bible says his wife was gorgeous. So, you know, this brother is, is committed to the soldier. I understand, but I need you to relax right now because I'm the king. And unfortunately, I got something I need you to cover up and help me with. So why don't you drink? Go ahead and drink. Get loose. Now go to your wife. Now go home. Uriah still did not go and lay with his wife. So that's the second time David tries to get this brother Uriah to, to cover up for him. Now the rest of the chapter is like this. Verses 14 through 26, David finally conspires, conjures up a master plan to eliminate Uriah, marry Bathsheba, and cover his adultery by making it look like she was pregnant in marriage. David say, all right, man, look, days is going. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to cover my sin since this brother does not want to follow along for whatever reason. That's not working. What else can I do? I know. I'll just kill him. I'll eliminate him, quickly marry Bathsheba, and make it look like it was right. Remember, the brother is already in the wrong, okay? But uh, King David is aware of this, and Bathsheba is aware of this, and God is aware of this, and the prophet Nathan is aware of this, and the devil is aware of this. So you got several parties that know, but most people don't know. So King David is like, man, I, I just got to eliminate this guy and then I'll be all right. Now, verse 27 is, is this is the turning point, which leads to verse or chapter 12 verses one through 15 that I read to you earlier. Second Samuel eleven twenty seven says pretty much David's sinister plan worked in the eyes of man. The Bible says, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter what 
man thinks about you and what you do. The only thing that matters is what God's say is on not just that matter, but every matter. Again, 2 Samuel verse 27, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. And therefore, all of those things that I read in the next chapter, 12 through or 12 verses 1 through 15, 2 Samuel 12 verses 1 through 15 is the judgment that God meted out to King David. And here's the thing. The thing I love about King David, which is another reason of why God say King David was a man after God's own heart is because of King's David, King David's response to God. And he said, basically, second Samuel 12, 13. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David already knew that every time he sinned, he sinned against the Lord. And it is the same with you and I today. Every time you sin, every time we sin, it ultimately against is against God. When you speed and you speed, you know, 50 and the 30, you are breaking the law of whatever city you in, not the person who is seemingly a slowpoke you know, in front of you, you're not sinning against them. You're sinning against the city of Memphis, the city of Chicago, the city of whatever town you're in. That's who you are in trouble with. Well, although he did all of these things and somebody died and all this stuff happened, he ultimately sinned against God. So let's let's get into this word displeased. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. What does that mean? This is why, to me, I learned you've got to slow down and get into these words and phrases and, and you know, pauses and punctuations. You've got to get into this. This is the word of God. Your eternal life is dependent on how well you know or how ignorant you are of these very words. So it would behoove you and me and every single person to read and study and glean God's word like your eternity is at stake because it is. Displeased in Hebrew is the word ra'ah, R-A apostrophe A, ra'ah, and it means to be evil or bad. Well, look at Genesis 1. What was God's refrain in Genesis 1? It was good. And the Lord saw that it was good. So we know right away that if it's bad, it is the opposite of good. That might sound simple, but it's very profound because it's all the extremes of both words. In other words, it is as good as good gets and bad is as bad as bad gets. That's why the uh, Hebrew word ra'ah means to be evil. So it's not just bad, it's actually evil. So when the Bible says the thing that, that David did displeased the Lord, it was evil. In the sight of God. A lot of times we think because we're in a relationship with God that we can't be or do evil. But yes, 
That's why you see in the book of Kings, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, you see the list of kings who become king. And it will say, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord, although he was God's king or he became king for the nation that he was supposed to rule for God. It says, but he did evil in the sight of God. David, King David did the same thing here. So what does this please mean? It means do evil wickedly to be evil, bad, afflict by breaking into pieces. Listen, folks, if you had a rod connecting to God, take that rod and break it into pieces, two pieces, 20 pieces. It's broken. This please also means to spoil, to make good for nothing, good for nothing, to show uh, yourself friendly by mistake. So now this please is like you tricked me, you conned me. Uh, this please also means to do harm, do hurt, behave ill, do mischief, punish, vex, injurious, and be sad. So God is hurt. God is, 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 uh, he, he's injured. He's sad. Uh, the relationship is broken. The, the, the relationship is spoiled. Do you see the magnitude of what occurred when it says, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. So now let's look at the laundry list of King David's sins. We looked at the laundry list of our Kelly sins. Let's look at sins laundry list for King David. We're just going to lay them out here. And I've got nine things that I observed in second Samuel 11, the whole chapter, 27 verses. We've got nine offenses because a lot of it is just kind of, you know, narrative. King David looked to lust. Remember, he sent and inquired. He, he could have saw, but looking to lust, that's different. And when he looked to lust, and we know he did because he had them, his servants go get her, he sent and inquired. Two, covetous. Is not the wife, is this not the wife of Uriah? They tried to slow the brother down. Ed, David, we know uh, she's lovely to behold, but this all, you know, she's somebody else's wife. And to be covetous means I want her even at your expense, so give her to me. I want what somebody else has, even at their uh, injury or hurt. Okay? Three, he committed adultery. His own lust enticed him. He burned. James 1, uh, 15, or 13 through 15, you are drawn away by your own lust and enticed. So that's what happened to him. The Bible says he lay with her. So he committed adultery. Four, David had an ulterior motive. Uriah, go do this. He wasn't telling Uriah to go do this because I'm just giving you barking orders that you like the king do soldiers. I'm telling you to go do this because I, I got something else that I want you to do. I need you to do. I'm up to something, uh, as the old folks say, the old saying, up to no good. Five, King David lied to Uriah. He wanted Uriah to take the blame for him, not go to his house to be with his wife just because. No, he, he lied to Uriah. Six, intent to murder. King David attempted twice to do the same thing. He tried once, it didn't work. He tried again, it didn't work. 
7. Again, another ulterior motive. He had one with Uriah. Now he has another with Joab. He tells the commander Joab, hey, go do this. Based on an ulterior motive. 8. King peace to murder. And what I mean by that statement is the game of chess. You have various names. You got the pawn, the rook, the horse, the... Uh, man, it's been a long time, but then you got the king and queen piece. All right, those are the tallest ones, you know, in the back row on the center. But he used that king piece to have murder carried out. And again, he says, Joab, do this. In other words, this is what I'm really trying to do. It's not just that I want you to carry out something, I want you to do that. But I want, I want you to make sure that this guy dies. I want him dead. And finally, nine, hypocrite. And the reason why I say hypocrite, in the Greek, the word hypocrite is kind of like a, um, an actor on a play. They put on the mask and they're acting as one when they are another. So, hey, I might be have a mask that's sad when I'm actually happy, etc. So that's kind of... Uh, without chasing it too much. That, that's what hypocrite means. So King David said, look, I'm a married a girl. And then it'll look like everything's okay. That That's hypocritical because, you know, David already, he already had seven other wives <laughs> up until this point. He liked women. So he already had many wives already. Yet when he saw Bathsheba, he said, I want her too. Now, those are th th that's a list of King David's laundry list of his sin. Here's a few questions I have as we close. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Question number one. What would your laundry list of sin be apart from the blood of Jesus? Oh, my goodness. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.22... Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. What would your laundry list of sin be apart from the blood of Jesus? Wow. I know what mine would be. I can only imagine when we slow things down and roll it out the, the legal way. Oh, we're a whole lot more sinful than we'd like to admit. Second point, although God made a way for people to be saved from the penalty of sin, folks don't live like they scared to go to hell and folks don't live like they want to go to heaven. Again, although God made a way for people to be saved from the penalty of sin, folks don't live like they scared to go to hell and folks don't live like they want to go to heaven. Hebrews 10 26 through 31 says, if we willfully sin against God, there is no more sacrifice for sins. We have trodden underfoot the son of God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So I'm giving you that paraphrase because if you're going to continue sinning after God has made a way for you to be saved from the penalty of sin, then what was the point in Jesus dying on the cross if you're spitting on it? All right. Next point. Question. If you died today, where would you spend eternity? 
That was a question that I was asked the very day I gave my life to Jesus, November 29, 1998. This was uh, Pastor uh, Gary Hatter, the City of Truth Ministries, Tacoma, Washington. At that time, that was the question that was asked over and over again at the altar call. The call to salvation, the call to repentance. If you die today, where would you spend eternity? So in light of that, I'm going to read this verse. And this is out of the Living Bible Translation. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 7. And that's going to conclude our podcast. Again, if you die today, where would you spend eternity? Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 7, the Living Bible says, Don't let the excitement of being young cause you to forget about your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before the evil years come when you'll no longer enjoy living. It will be too late then to try to remember Him when the sun and light and moon and stars are dim to your old eyes and there is no silver lining left among your clouds. For there will come a time when your limbs will tremble with age, your strong legs will become weak, and your teeth will be too few to do their work, and there will be blindness too. Then let your lips be tightly closed while eating when your teeth are gone, and you will waken at dawn when the first note of the birds, but you yourself will be deaf and tuneless with quavering voice. You will be afraid of heights and of falling, a white-haired, withered old man dragging himself along, without sexual desire, standing at death's door and nearing his everlasting home as the mourners go along the streets. Yes, remember your Creator now while you are young before the silver cord of life snaps and the gold bowl is broken, before the pitcher is broken at the fountain and the wheel is broken at the cistern. Then the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 7, the Living Bible Translation. Ladies and gentlemen, sins laundry list. Where would we be if it was not for the mercy and the grace of God? Where would we be if God was not rich in mercy and abounding in love toward us? Where would we be if we did not have verses like Romans 5, 8 through 9, where it says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us. And this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. (sighs) Being justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, Jesus? This is why I get excited when I call on the name or hear the name or speak the name Jesus. And in my own opinion, I believe there's a lot of churches and songs and movies that's scared and they don't say or speak the name of Jesus enough. That is our charge. That is uh, for us, the name of Jesus, for those who are in Jesus Christ, who follow Jesus, who are Christians, that name to us is our power. 
power, our hope, our assurance, our rock. That gives us everything we need to keep on living and trying to follow and obey God according to his word. It's Jesus. First uh, John 2 1 says he is the advocate, our advocate. He advocates for us. I can keep going. Let me slow down because I'm getting excited. But I just want you to understand the severity of the sins laundry list and how more sinful and much sinful and the permanent state of sin we would be in if it was not for Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. Folks, that's all we have time for. Again, this is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ via MadeUpMind.com. Until next time. Hit the trash bag. Preach the gospel. Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples of all. Make disciples. One life. One death. One tie. Make disciples. Make disciples.